Welcome to the English Out Loud podcast, a podcast where you can get some good tips and tricks on how you can improve your overall English. We're talking spoken English, your understanding, written English, all these things we're going to be working on here. My name's Pat. I'm a Canadian from Toronto, Canada, and I live in Mexico at the moment, and I teach. I teach a lot of people, and so I'm happy to be able to teach you today how you can enhance your overall vocabulary. Honestly, this is a tip that, well, to be quite frank, even most native English speakers can use. So this is something that you most definitely can use. You see, what we're going to be talking about today is the word very. V-E-R-Y. Very. Couple of things about this. Number one, pronunciation-wise. The word very, we do not ever want to say very. Very. Now, I understand that the R is difficult and... We will get into that in the future, how to talk about the R, but keep in mind at the moment, the E, we actually don't pronounce it like an er, er sound. We don't go very, very, but there, almost as if it's like the word air, like what you're breathing right now, air, very, very. Now, very... Now, the word very, to be completely honest with you, is the worst word in the English language. And it's a word, well, we don't want to eliminate it from your vocabulary. We don't want to totally get rid of the word very, but we want to be aware of its use and avoid it. You see, when we say very too often... For example, I'm very tired. I'm very cold. This soup is very hot. These socks are very comfortable. When we say very like this, for every adjective that we want to enhance, very, 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 well, we are impeding on our speech. We're overusing a word which should be limited because you see instead of saying I'm very tired you could actually say something like I'm exhausted think about that fewer words I've mentioned this in a previous podcast it's good to use fewer words and we can do this right now instead of saying I'm very cold you can say oh I'm freezing Instead of saying the soup is very hot, you can say the soup is boiling hot. Boiling hot or scalding. Scalding hot. That is a hot soup. So, this is something to keep an eye out for, for people who can speak English regularly. Maybe people who live in America or people who don't live in America, but speak with Americans, write emails with Americans, you can enhance 
the way that you speak if you keep an ear open for this regularly. And like everything else, you know, everything that you've learned in life has been about practice, right? And so when you're having a conversation with an American, be passively improving by actively practicing. Think about that. You don't have to sit and study for hours on end. No, that's boring. Who wants to study for hours on end? What you can do instead is passively learn by speaking with Americans or speaking English in general or just listening to Canadians on podcasts. Hey, you're doing that right now. So you're already passively learning. Anyway, let's get to the good stuff. Very. How do we want to avoid it? The number one thing that we need to consider here is the fact that Americans say more by saying less. And so using fewer words, eliminating unnecessary words and getting to the point of what you want to say is an effective way of speaking. So let's take a look at how you can do this and how you can eliminate or reduce the use of the word very. We're not going to eliminate it. It's a useful word. It's, it's not really the worst word, but it's a boring word. Let's look at some fun words. I've got a list here of a handful of words that we can look at. Let's take a look and uh, see what you can improve. So, as this podcast is titled, don't use very. Let's see how you can avoid that. Starting with the word very good. Very good. Boring. That is such a boring way to express oneself. This is a very good omelet. Very good work. Now, this is a delicious omelet for number one because we're talking about taste. Anyway, a delicious omelet. Great work. Not very good work, great work. Or amazing. Instead of saying great for very good, we can say amazing. We can say that was an amazing movie. This singer is fantastic. Fantastic. There's another good word. Fantastic. Or superb. Superb. Superb is less commonly used, but I'll tell you, it really hits home if you can use it in the right moment. So superb is to say that something is excellent beyond excellence. That it is the creme de la creme. You may remember that from our previous episode. Creme de la creme. The best of the best. It is superb. Creme de la creme. So you could say that was a superb performance. When you see the Olympics, you may hear them say superb performance. Another word to consider beyond very good is very bad. Something is very bad. When something is very bad, we can say it's horrible. That is horrible. It's atrocious. Uh, my 
bedroom as a child was atrocious. Oh, goodness. Clothes and this and that and uh, toys. It was atrocious. Terrible. How did you do on your report card? Terrible. My marks are terrible this semester. Very bad. Terrible. Sometimes that's a good word to use, and you want to avoid very bad. You want to use some colorful vocabulary. Use words like terrible. Next up, very happy. Here's some good ones. Joyful. There's a good one. I'm full of joy. I'm not just happy. You know, I'm happy when I go to McDonald's. Okay? When I go to McDonald's, I'm happy. I am joyful when I get some good Italian food. You know, maybe a nice glass of wine on the side and some good garlic bread. It, Italian food, if it's a good restaurant, they've got superb garlic bread. Delicious garlic bread. Another good word. Uh, aside from joyful, you could say jubilant. You don't hear that one often, jubilant. Jubilant is to say that somebody is, well, again, very happy. Not so commonly used, but it's a good one. Another is ecstatic. Ecstatic. I was ecstatic to see that you were okay. Or I was ecstatic to see, I was ecstatic to get on the plane for my vacation. Ecstatic. After very happy. So very, let's take a just a quick little recap on these words. First off, very good, great, superb, amazing, fantastic, very bad, horrible, atrocious, terrible, very happy. Jubilant, joyful, ecstatic. All right, that's a lot of vocabulary to remember. Luckily, this is all a recording. If you take notes later, whenever, write it down on your phone, you can always visit this again. Anyway, next up, we've got very hungry, very hungry. If I am very hungry, which sometimes when I'm working all day, maybe I did some exercise in the morning and I'm just all out of gas and I am famished, famished. Oh, I'm just famished. I haven't eaten since breakfast. Now, famished is, uh, well, it comes from the word famine which is obviously to say somebody who hasn't eaten for a very long time. It's a little bit, you know, descriptive, maybe even overly descriptive. But hey, Americans are dramatic people. If you haven't noticed, Americans are loud and like to use very descriptive words, very descriptive words. And you see there, I go using the word very. By the way, instead of very descriptive, I could say colorful. Colorful words. You see? You can't always avoid very. Even I make mistakes. Even I slip up with it. But there's always a better word than very. 
Anyway, let's go ahead. The next part up, parched. Parched is to say that somebody is very thirsty. If I said I'm very thirsty, I could say I'm parched. Like, I've got no water in me. I need something to drink. I'm parched. Parched also means very dry. So, parched is very thirsty and very dry. So, you can think about it that way. Very, if you, if you are very dry, you're very thirsty, right? So, you need some water. Same thing with bone dry. Suppose that something is totally dry. Your gas tank when you're driving and you're all out of gas and you weren't paying attention and then the car breaks down and you could say it's bone dry. There's no gas in there. That tank is bone dry. That's a good word. Bone dry. Now, next up, very wet. Very wet. Very wet, we can say it is soaked or soaking wet. Those towels are soaking wet. We can't use those. Those towels are drenched. There's another good word. They're drenched. Um, maybe even when you're exercising, here's a good one to say. If you've done some uh, some running, maybe if you like dancing Zumba, that's a really fun thing, actually. I've even tried that a handful of times. But by the end of the Zumba class, the spin class, the, the long run, you are drenched in sweat. Drenched in sweat. So keep that one in mind, drenched in sweat. Because that's a common thing. Happens to everyone. No shame in it. If anything, it means you're working hard. Nothing wrong with that. So drenched, very wet. Soaked, very wet. My socks are soaked. What did I step in? My socks are soaking wet. Oh, oh no. Now I'm just joking. I'm not even wearing socks. My socks are not soaked because I'm not wearing any socks. Now, very clean. Very clean. After you clean your house, you wipe everything down, you do the dishes, you sweep, you mop, and your house is left spotless. Spotless. That's a good one there, spotless. Now, you can also, so for one, spotless is to say, spotless means there are no spots on it. You know, like when you wipe a window, you clean a window. I don't know how many people clean a lot of windows, but when you clean a window, at the end of the day, you don't want to see any spots, right? You want to eliminate those spots. Spotless is how you want to leave your windows. Same with polished. Polished can be the same. Your car can be left polished. You know, you got in there, you waxed it, you cleaned it, cleaned off the tires, get all the dirt or, or salt or anything from, you know, underneath the car, get rid of it all. Then your car is polished clean. 
or dishes. Dishes can be polished. Super duper clean. Polished. Next up, dirty. Sometimes your car is not clean because you have been busy and you brought a few pairs of shoes around. Maybe you picked up some friends, got some McDonald's or Wendy's. You can see I eat a lot of fast food. As I love fast food, like every good American should. Anyway, um, you've been eating and you've been creating garbage. And you haven't been cleaning it in your car. So your car is now filthy. Does that ever happen? Maybe, you know, you've learned your lesson and now you keep your car spotless. But maybe in the past, you didn't clean your car to a very high standard and it was left filthy. That happens. That's okay. It happens. We just got to clean it up. Leave it sparkling clean at the end. Another good word, squalid. Squalid is uh, kind of like filthy conditions, you know? Squalid. Um, sometimes, you know, places they get left abandoned and people vandalize it and stuff. And, and then that building will be left squalid. Or, or a dog who lives on the street. He lives in squalor. Squalor. The dog's living conditions, however, are squalid. Okay, so that just about brings us to wrap up the, uh, all these don't say very words. This, as I mentioned, you know, it, it's not like 100% of the time you have to avoid the use of the word very. But if you replace very happy, very happy with joyful, you know, my children were joyful to get a new dog, something like that. Or we are... You know, uh, we, s we were jubilant when we went to Disney World. Jubilant. Absolutely jubilant. Disney World is a place of magic. And it is full of jubilance. With these words, you want to use them regularly. But if you slip up every now and then, that's okay. Just keep in mind that the word vary, if it's used too much which is a habit that a lot of people have, even Americans have this problem, then it shows a lack of developed English skills. Really. It shows, um, you know, just a lack of words at your disposal. And saying very is kind of the easy way out. You know, it's like, uh, I don't know any better words to use, so I will say I'm very angry. Well, have you never heard of furious? Everybody's heard of the word furious, right? Okay, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people know the word furious. And so don't say that the man was very angry at the dog. The man was furious at the dog. 
Don't use very. Well, don't use very too much, but don't use very. That's the point of today's today's lesson, we'll say, is to avoid the use of the word very. I mentioned at the beginning that you have opportunities to practice this in so many areas of English use. You can practice this uh, when you're speaking with friends, when you are traveling, when you are talking to clients. And by the way, this is a particularly good skill when speaking with clients or any bosses that you have. It's good. Makes your English stand out in a positive way. But sometimes you're not talking. Sometimes you're writing, right? Sometimes you got to write an email, for example. And that's, that's pretty common, you know, writing an email. A lot of people have to communicate at work with international partners or clients, international clients, international partners. And the thing is that you're often communicating in English, I imagine. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this. And if you have to communicate with people in English worldwide, well, again, you can show off your skills by avoiding the use of the word very. Let's take a look. We want to avoid writing the word very for the same reason as we want to avoid it in speaking. It lacks description. When writing something important, whether it's an email, an essay, a book, an article, anything, first, first write very when you need it. You know, write everything with very at first. Okay? It's okay to write very in there initially. But after you write it initially, you want to later edit each very out. So you write your email, you know, to Jane in accounting and you needed to uh, communicate some problem on the payroll and blah, 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 blah. And then you get to the end of it and do not hit send. Oh, do not hit send. Not yet. Next, read it over. Read it over and ensure that you take out the word very anywhere that you can. Here's the thing. If you are thinking to say, you know, I was very happy to see the results. Well, you could say, I was ecstatic to see the results. Now, here's the thing, though. If ecstatic, if you feel that ecstatic is too intense of a word to use and you think to yourself, well, I don't want to use ecstatic, then why are you using very happy? You don't really need to use very happy then, right? You can just say happy. You can just say, I was happy to see the results. And that's okay. It's just to avoid using very unnecessarily. All right, well, we're going to wrap things up for today. This has been a rather effective lesson, I believe, uh, teaching some good vocabulary and the use of new words. Something that I suggest is to continue enhancing 
the things that we practiced here today, the things that I taught you, you want to avoid the use of the word very in all aspects of speech. I'm not going to read out that list of words again. I think it'd be a bit of a waste of your time. I will, however, write these just below all of this in the description of this podcast. So if you need them, check it out there, copy and paste it, do whatever you got to do. Or ignore it, never look at it again, and then, well, and then this has been a waste of your time. And we're not here to waste time, right? I mean, you're here listening to this because you're somebody who values their time. So don't waste your time. Use these words, copy and paste, whatever's in the description, and uh, keep an ear out for them. Believe me, these are gonna come in handy. Well, anyway, it's been a pleasure to speak with you again. And uh, thank you very much to my international listeners. I see I've got people all over the world listening who are interested in what I've got to say. This is so cool, and I'm so happy to share these things with people. So feel free to keep on listening. And if you feel that you've got any friends that can benefit from the tips that I've got, hey, share it on with them as well. Doesn't hurt. I appreciate it very much. And thank you very much for listening today. Have a wonderful day.